0: To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash FilmDaily.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, January 31st, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta. And joining me on to this podcast this last film weekend editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior writer, Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Okay, so uh HT is away. She's in London. She went to see Birds of Prey at the premiere. She's covering the junket. And uh that that was where we got the first reactions for this film, and I'm surprised to say that the 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 re- the stuff I had heard from test screenings where it was very negative about this film, but it sounds like people largely like this film. Brad, t- tell us about these early reactions.
2: Yeah, so uh, our own HT is pretty positive on the movie. Uh, she posted on Twitter, Birds of Prey is a blast, stylish, kooky, and gut-bustingly funny. It sings when it lets its cast just go ham, especially the gonzo Margot Robbie. Lulls a bit in the middle and is a little on the slight side, but a completely fun watch. Um I was mostly curious about the comedy in this because so far the trailers haven't really been all that funny to me. Yeah, what and is our...
1: gut-bustingly funny?
2: It means when you laugh your gut busts open.
1: <laughs> well, I get that, but like <laughs> this movie doesn't seem like Shazam or anything.
2: Well, I, and I, I in our Slack, actually, I asked HT because I was curious. I was like, is it funnier than Shazam? And she said that it's pretty much on par with how funny Shazam is. So that's good news because I think Shazam is, is pretty funny in addition to being uh, a good superhero movie, a, a fun twist on it. So um, other people have compared this to, to Deadpool since it's uh, DC's foray into an R-rated but uh, comedic approach to um, the comic book characters. Other people say it's pretty campy, but yeah, a lot of the reactions are very positive, saying that it's just a lot of fun, uh, surprisingly funny. Margot Robbie is great, obviously. Um, HT did say that she thought that maybe there needed to be a little bit more Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which uh, I'm kind of bummed about because I love her. But yeah, generally it seems like this could turn out to be good for uh, people who are excited about a Birds of Prey movie.
1: Yeah, uh, I I am shocked because, as I said, I talked to two people, two separate peoples that had seen early cuts of this film. And, you know, you can never judge a film by its test screenings because, you know, usually things are unfinished and uh, they oftentimes do some reshoots and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear this is good. But again, this is also out of the out of the premiere, which usually has more positive than average reaction. So uh, what we'll to look forward to when when like, you know the critics nationwide to this film. Although there's some people on this list, like Scott Mendelssohn. Like, he does not hold back. He goes to many of premieres, and if he does not like something, you know, he says so. So, um, yeah. So it looks like Birds of Prey is actually good. So add that to your list. Um, let's talk about Loki, the new TV series coming from Disney+. Plus. There is a new rumor... That it has added someone to its cast, and that someone is Owen Wilson. That seems like a big get. Ben, what do we know?
0: Yeah, uh, we don't really know much. Comicbook.com is saying that uh, Owen Wilson is going to be joining the cast of Loki in pl- and he's going to be playing, quote unquote, a major role. So they don't know the specifics of, of what that character might be. Um, so really, it's it's sort of just a, a basic sort of a early rumor kind of thing. That's That's the stage we are at this. But that gives us the freedom to speculate wildly about all sorts of stuff. But the problem with doing that, is that Loki this Disney Plus show that that brings back Tom Hiddleston to play the the character you know that he's played multiple times in the MCU thus far already is going to be sort of like a universe time hopping a universe spanning time hopping type of show where uh, Loki has the tesseract as we saw in Avengers Endgame and he escapes from captivity During that uh, 2012 timeline, and it's just like bouncing all over the universe. And I think like uh, the the premise of the show really is that he's supposed to be sort of an unlikely influencer on historical events. So with such a huge scope for a show, it's really kind of impossible to narrow down what you know what kind of character Owen Wilson could be playing here. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's a it's a big get. That's Another one of another example of of Marvel doing what they do best, which is casting and, and bringing in great people to fill, um, you know, beloved sort of a fan friendly um, fan favorite type of characters. So I'm excited to see him in this universe if this uh, report ends up being true um i think we should probably still take it with a little bit of a grain of salt for now we're still waiting on sort of more confirmation for for the the story overall but um what do you think peter are you excited that uh owen wilson might be joining the mcu
1: i was a huge owen wilson fan when his career first blew up with um what's the film bottle rocket uh the the first wes anderson film i i loved him in that and i you know it it went, his career went in different directions i you know what's kind of surprising about this and i guess this shouldn't be surprising anymore that we're seeing these big actors get cast in these tv series because that has been happening for a while now but i guess with marvel and comic book tv shows we're just so used to like getting you know what we got with agents of shield and that level of casting not to put any of those people down but they're not owen wilson level of you know
2: acting. Right. <laughs> yeah
1: uh so it's good to to see that you know marvel is taking the approach they take with their big budget movies with this uh, tv series and uh, i would be excited owen wilson brad are you an owen wilson fan
2: um for the most part yeah i i think he's better utilized when it comes to comedic relief or general uh, comedies in in general I would say that his attempts at more dramatic fare, with the exception of uh, Royal Tenenbaums, even though that's also still somewhat comedic, um, are probably less impressive. Um, like I, I, I think he's not that great in a movie like Behind Enemy Lines, for example. Yeah. Uh, um. But but yeah, generally I like Owen Wilson. I'm I'm definitely curious to see how someone like him fits into Loki, uh, especially since Loki by himself isn't necessarily as entertaining as loki with thor so i'm curious as to what kind of tone this show will have and his his part in it
1: well maybe he's part of like the organization that's chasing after loki through like the different timelines or something oh wow
0: if if owen wilson was a time cop that would be
2: incredible (laughs) oh wow wow (laughs) wow
1: okay uh all elsewhere in the marvel cinematic universe actually they have a marvel uh theme park universe it's actually separate from the cinematic universe and uh it tells a story that is branching and connects throughout all the disney theme parks and actually even the disney cruise ships like there's like a narrative story that is connected and if you go to all these parks and experiences they all kind of like tell the same story uh they are building the avengers campus here in disney california adventure and uh, we have just learned yesterday that we might actually get, or that we are actually gonna get a Spider-Man flying through the skies of Anaheim. Ben, tell us about this.
0: Yeah, so um there, as we've seen in some concept art and things like that before, um, there's going to be a life a life sized Spider Man animatronic um device, I guess. Like a like a full size Spider Man doll, basically, that's gonna be like flung through the air as if uh, you know, uh, um, traveling via web. Um, it, it, there's some video of this in action. Um, if you go to the piece at Slash Film, we've embedded it. The the video that was just released that sort of like officially confirms this from Disney yesterday is really just um, the Spider-Man animatronic in a like a, a brand new Spider-Man suit that was created specifically for the theme parks. And he's just sort of, f- you know, flying around on a black background. It's kind of tough to see. And, and understand, like wrap your mind around what exactly is going on. But uh, Peter, you asked me to embed this, um, this clip from the Imagineering story, the the Disney plus show that, that goes deep into the, uh, you know, the creations of a lot of Disney um, theme park properties and stuff like that. And there's this really cool clip there where it shows a lot of the test footage of this animatronic. And it, it Watching that, I was like, oh, that's what we're going to see. This makes a lot more sense than the official video that Disney actually released. So watching both of them sort of in conjunction with each other paints a really cool picture of like, you know, it's very easy to understand how you could just be walking around Disneyland and like look up and happen to see. Uh, this huge Spider Man thing just flinging through the sky. I mean, it, basically, there's a crane that is above one of the buildings at the, um, what they're calling Avengers Campus, which is the sort of Marvel themed section of the park. And it looks like, I don't know, maybe once once an hour or once every 30 minutes or I don't yeah. know what the timing is going to be. They're just going to have uh, Spider-Man sort of flung through doing different, um, you know, Spidey poses midair. That's the coolest part to me is that they figured out ways to, to make it naturally look like Spider-Man. Th- this animatronic is like striking poses midair that the real Spider-Man would strike.
1: Yeah. And when Disney Parks releases like concept art, they – Typically, we'll add, like, these flares and things that give the world flavor and color and tone but aren't actually there. Like, so when they released their initial concept art, Spider-Man was, you know, flinging through the air above this Avengers campus area. And people just assumed that that was just, you know, just there you know it wasn't yeah, act- just a nice little touch yeah but um then this imagineering story uh doc fell on disney plus uh it, the last episode where it was kind of teasing the direction of where imagineering is going it kind of showed them playing around with this this animatronic which i think they're calling a stunt animatronic which is kind of cool um and it you know, it looks very much like Spider Man. I think people kind of connected the dots at that time, but Disney had not confirmed it until yesterday. Um, I, I'm really wondering how this is going to be used. Like, are you just going to be like wandering through the park and then be like, "Oh my God, there's something flying through the air. What is that?" Oh, it's Spider Man. Or is it going to be like, you know, there's a Spider Man meeting greet, and right before he comes out for his meeting greet, you see, you know, the, the music comes on and Spider Man flings through the air, and then he comes you know jumping down into like you know the hero pose and like somehow they do it with like there's the area where he like jumps down like just 10 feet to hero <laughs> pose you know so it, like kind of a as a persistence of vision of it being him i don't know i'm not sure yeah, if that would, would work.
0: my guess is he would you know the animatronic will land on a pad behind a yeah. door or something like that and then uh, the spider-man actor will walk out but yeah i, I feel like it's just going to be like um you know if you're walking through the grocery store and sometimes uh there's that little uh that storm sound effect and like all of a sudden the the produce gets uh blasted with water i think it's going to be something like that like maybe lights flashing music cue or something like look
1: up to the sky, there's spider-man swinging through those guys i love how you're comparing it to like them you know Wedding the broccoli in the grocery <laughs> store. Okay. Uh, let's move on from Marvel. Let's talk about Adam Sandler, who has signed another deal with Netflix. Brad, what's going on here?
2: The Sandman is back, Jack. <laughs> oh, Ad- Adam Sandler. Um, well, since he didn't get an Oscar nomination for Uncut Gems, and Uncut Gems didn't get any Oscar nominations, Adam Sandler is following through on his, flat, uh, his threat to make a really, really bad movie on purpose. At least that's what we're we're hoping for. Uh, because Netflix just signed a new deal, continuing their partnership with him and his Happy Madison Productions banner to make four more movies with Adam Sandler that will be Netflix exclusives. Uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Murder Mystery, which is the most recent one that he made with Jennifer Aniston, was actually the most popular Netflix film to date, apparently. Uh, It pulled in 83 million views in the first four weeks it was released. Keep in mind, of course, that's views by how Netflix counts them, which isn't necessarily always a a complete film viewing. Uh, So... Yeah, this, is, Brett, this I'm, is I'm sorry to
0: interrupt, but I, I I wanted I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast yet. And I think there was a whole thing maybe a, a week or so ago where um, if you're on Twitter and you follow a lot of uh, TV related writers and stuff like that, people were talking about this. Netflix changed the way that they count views to now. I think it's like two minutes or something. If you watch two minutes of something, they count it as a view, um, which is I wonder
2: I wonder before. If that change was made before they counted this or if it's a new count that they made after that change. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure because it used to be like a, a percentage of the thing. You know, if you watched, I, I don't remember what the number was, maybe 60 or 70% of uh, of any given netflix property that's what they used to count as a view but now it's it's down to two minutes regardless of what the thing is which is such a tiny number and it really like throws off the the metrics because now you can't even previously you know compare any of the stuff that that netflix previously measured against this other you know measuring system and now you've got yeah like this and and uh in this case they're not specifying which version they're talking about so it's really like all these numbers are kind of meaningless but i I just figured for people who follow this stuff we should probably bring it up since we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. sorry to interrupt brad
2: no no even even so regardless netflix also included this crazy stat that netflix subscribers have watched over two billion hours of adam sandler on netflix wow so two billion hours wait wait so are they counting
1: are they counting a view of a movie like murder mystery like someone watching two minutes and then they're adding up the whole movie running time or is this like Excellent. Again,
2: we don't we don't know because because Netflix are real sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a little bit more of a, a concrete measurement, though. Like yeah.
0: two billion I don't, hours. I don't know. I
2: don't know. That, that means someone would have to sit there and look and see like how many minutes a certain person watched of a, any given Adam Sandler movie, you know. And so I mean, right. I'm sure they, I'm sure they have a whole system that can do that without a person having to go through it, you know, one by yeah, yeah, one. Th-
1: yeah, there's not a person with a pad, like, adding it up.
2: Uh, I, w- I wish there was. The saddest person in the world.
1: <laughs> I forgot to carry the five. No. <laughs> every,
2: every time the person is just sitting there counting, they're just going, shibbity do da shibbity doo <laughs> uh, You know. But yeah. Yeah, mo- anyway, yeah, four more movies. That, that's what matters here. Uh, there's Adam Sandler even has another one coming later this year called uh, – H- Hubie or Hoobie Halloween? I don't know, uh, but oh, it has no. all some of the usual suspects like Kevin James and Rob Schneider uh, and Maya Rudolph and Shaquille O'Neal, but it also has Noah Schnapp uh, from Honey Boy in A Quiet Place and Michael Chickless and Keenan Thompson. So it's just oh, and Ray Liotta, you know. So it uh, I don't know it's whatever Adam Sundler is doing. Apparently, his fans are still enjoying it. Netflix is on board with it. So it just congratulations, everybody. We did it. <laughs>
1: This is so sad. Like, after seeing Uncut Gems, I was so excited for him to be back in, like, you know, a more dramatic uh, setting with filmmakers who actually have talent. And, you know, taking Adam Sandler away from his friends, which I think is a good thing. (laughs) I mean, hang out with your friends on your off time. But, like, when you're working, you know, work with some, some people of, you know, the talent that you have. And, I don't know, it just seems like he's slumming it with these. But I guess people like it, though. People are watching these.
2: I'm sure he likes it, too, because he gets to go on vacation with all his friends for a couple of months.
1: I mean, Ben didn't even see Murder Mystery, and he loves Murder Mysteries. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be very curious to see what what you think of that movie, but you're probably never going to even watch it, right? I
0: can't imagine sitting down to watch it, Peter. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, I saw it, and it was bad, so that's that's all that needs to be said okay let's move on uh to terminator uh the release of terminator of dark fate was met well critically and by fans but uh it did not do well at the box office i think people are kind of tired of this terminator franchise after being burnt uh, way too many times and uh, the fans are not alone linda hamilton is also tired with it ben tell us about it
0: yeah, so a uh, Hollywood reporter sat down with Linda Hamilton and basically asked if she had any hope of playing Sarah Connor again, because our understanding was that uh, Terminator Dark Fate was supposed to be you know, the start of a new trilogy and all that stuff. But because the movie performed so poorly, that has sort of been called into question now. And Linda Hamilton basically said, uh, I'm not hopeful because I would really love to be done. She said, I would really appreciate maybe a smaller version where so many millions are not at stake. Uh, Today's audience is just so unpredictable. And she goes on to say, it should definitely not be such a high risk financial venture, but I would be quite happy to never return. So um, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement. Um, I know that there's been a lot of uh, behind the scenes stories and stuff about the the uh, conflicts between director Tim Miller and Writer-producer James Cameron on that movie. Um, so it sounds like it, it wasn't like a, a great experience for really anybody involved. Um, but the the lead actresses seem to have formed uh, formed a really nice bond. Um, but yeah, it sounds like Linda Hamilton, she, you know, she knows she can read the tea leaves. She's been in this industry long enough. She's, I think she, she understands, um, when a movie reportedly loses $130 million, that's probably not a great sign that another one's going to come. Um, and it seems like, like you said, Peter, I think it's probably just time to, to bury this one.
1: But you know, it's not going to die forever then because, you know, uh, the Terminator himself give a thumbs up while he was you know sinking into what was that like the molten lava or whatever (laughs) and he still came back so we know the terminator is going to return at some point like how should it return like what is the best way to bring the terminator back like maybe maybe a tv series i know they did the sarah connor chronicles but i feel like or, or do you think it's just like wait 20 years at this point
0: that show was actually pretty good. I, I personally, yeah, I think it would be wait twenty years, get a whole different, uh, you know, crew in there. Don't include Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, you know, just basically start over, start from scratch. Maybe just do a straight remake of the original or something. Um, you, but yeah, you got to put enough time in there because it, it seems like we haven't, as a society, we haven't. Been allowed to miss the Terminator because every few years a movie comes out and they're just almost always disappointing, especially after Terminator 2. So it's it's just um, yeah I I think the I understand why people want to keep making these and even why James Cameron would come back. Like the premise is so great and it seems like there's always such uh, awesome potential in stories like this, uh, you know, set in this universe Uh, and the. The way that technology uh, moves so quickly in the real world is like such a perfect um, analogous way to to tell a story about the dangers of technology in a sci-fi universe. So all of that is is really attractive to storytellers. But I, I think there's just something about this franchise where I, I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> it's it's really really tough to make a great Terminator movie, and I don't think anybody's done it since the early '90s.
1: Well, why don't we just have uh, you know Terminator versus Predator versus Alien? Oh, God. I mean,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I actually would not be surprised if something like that happened, because then you you really sort of um you bypass the, the necessity of telling a great Terminator story by just having that character or, or you know, whatever Terminator sub characters um, being involved in a larger sort of mashup thing. And with you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> I guess like blockbuster culture being what it is now. And, and, you know, avengerification of, of everything, yeah. uh, dark universe and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I would not be surprised if we saw, uh, more team ups and, and that maybe the, uh, the T 800 or whatever sort of joining forces with some other franchise before we saw, you know, an, another movie that sort of, uh, slots into this specific timeline.
1: I'm actually surprised Hollywood hasn't done more mashups. Like, I, I know a couple of years back they were talking about, what was it, like 21 Jump Street and Men in Black? Is, yeah. that, is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like that, like, if people are so obsessed with mashups on the internet. I'm not saying this would lead to good, compelling movies, <laughs> but I'm just surprised that Hollywood has not found a way to make that work. Maybe there's too many producers and too much money involved to, to mash two things up together. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Anyways, uh, let's move on to Dan Trackenberg and find out what he's serving up next. And he's serving up some milk. Brad, what do we know?
2: Well, we know that this movie is set up at Lionsgate and it's called Milk, but it's not about that oh so delicious cow nectar. It's cow <laughs> nectar. I've never heard anybody call milk. Uh, I, I couldn't even say it with a straight face. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, milk in this case actually stands for mother. I'd like to kill, uh, and it's not a fetish, but it's a kind of a spin on the um, the Mister and Mrs. Smith uh, premise because it follows uh, an assassin who is now a new mom. And she must balance the duties of being a mother while her former co-workers have apparently been assigned to kill her for some reason. Uh, So this will be a darker sort of action comedy, and Dan Trachtenberg is directing it. It's based on an idea that he came up with himself, uh, but the script will be written by Patrick Azon, who uh, wrote for Wayward Pines and Jack Ryan. Um, and so, yeah, it's a new project set over at Lionsgate that uh, Kristen Burr set up. She's um, a longtime Disney producer and development executive who is now heading over to Lionsgate with a new multi-year overall deal. And this is one of the first projects
1: she's developing for them. And uh, by the way, Variety has just confirmed that Owen Wilson is joining Loki. So that is confirmed. So Okay. So there. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, that sounds interesting. I, I do like the title. The title is is kind of a clever uh, play on that uh, what, acronym, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to see Dan Trachtenberg make some more stuff. It feels like he's one of those directors that has been developing a bunch of stuff. And I, I know he has done a bunch of TV, like, you know, since Cloverfield Lane, he did uh, Black Mirror and he did also The Boys. But I, I want to see him get some more film projects done like i don't know yeah he
2: he does yeah he deserves more film projects i love 10 chlorofield lane and he's got he's got a good filmmaker's eye and i just he studios need to use him more
1: yeah okay well anyways um let's move on to uh fast and the furious 9 i know when we were talking about this the other day we were talking about the titles and you know what is the title of this is this fast 9 is it f9 is it fast and furious 9 is it the f9 the fast saga Ben, do we do we finally have an answer to this madness? We do.
0: Our old pal Jermaine Lucier over at IO9 reached out to Universal, and they confirmed to him that F9 is the official title of this movie. Which, like, this might infuriate a lot of people because it's a really terrible title. But I personally love, love, love it just because it person, you know, it it slots so perfectly right in with the totally ridiculous naming conventions of this franchise and how nothing follows any semblance of logic or reason. (laughs) So I, uh, I love that they decided to do this. It makes no sense. It's going to be really difficult for anybody who is, you know, looking for this, uh, you know, these movies, if you, I'm just imagining somebody going to like, um, iTunes or something and, and scrolling through and this being the first one that comes up because F nine is the, is the title. Like there's no, you know, it throws off all sorts of sense of sort of uh, organization and, um, you know, people who have OCD or even, uh, who just really <laughs> like the you know keeping all their movies organized and clear? Um, man, this is going to yeah, be yeah. Uh...
2: Because if there's one thing the Fast and Furious franchise has done so far, it's had consistency with their titles.
0: <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just uh, I-, I love that it's it, it continues the chaos basically. Uh,
2: but... I have a th- I have a theory. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Yeah. Um, if you. Use the function key on a Mac computer and hit F9. It opens mission control, which I think confirms f 9s going to space, right?
0: <laughs> that is pretty great, Brad. Uh,
2: I, I don't know. I, am, I think um, Chris Morgan,
0: the writer-producer of most of these movies, when I spoke with him for The Fate of the Furious, I asked him about that. And he's like, ah, I don't think we're going to space, but like you never know. And he's not writing this one, so maybe his hesitancy doesn't really matter anymore because they got a new writer on, and uh, maybe the, maybe we are going to see that. I think the trailer for F9, God, what a ridiculous title, is supposed to be um, debuting sometime soon. Like we're as we're recording this, there's a, a big concert in Miami right now where Ludacris is performing and Wiz Khalifa and all these people um, sort of leading up to the reveal of the F9 trailer. So stay tuned to SlashFilm.com for that later today, uh, or maybe right now by the time you're listening to this.
1: Yeah, so do we know, what is the end of the Fast Saga? Is that 10 movies or is it nine movies? Yes,
0: I, 10 movies? I think they've said um, they're going to go through 10 and then there, there's there been all sorts of talk about you know potential spinoffs. There was talk at one point about a female-centric spinoff with um, Michelle Rodriguez's character sort of leading the charge on that front. Um,
1: yeah, but Ben, I'm, those aren't part of the Fast Saga. The Fast Saga uh, is only oh, right. the, yeah, is the yes. it's only the part of the of I guess. But she's part of well, yeah. I guess the Fast Saga has to have the whole family, right?
0: I think you're right. Yeah, I think the Fast Saga is basically like the mainstream, <laughs> the the main timeline. And I, from my understanding, it's going to end after ten movies. And then, of course, there's going to be yeah, like more Hobbs and Shaw and stuff, like sort of spinning off on the sides.
1: I, I've seen this Fast Saga Twitter account like tweeting out like moments from the previous Fast and Furious movies, and when they tweet out earlier films, like they have like it's like Fast Three, Fast or no, I mean F Three, F Four. So they're using this naming convention for all the previous movies, which makes me wonder, like, are they going to re-release all these movies on, like, Blu-ray or, like, on iTunes, and now they're just going to be F-whatever-the-number-is? Again, I really hope they do, just because it's going to be
0: so confusing (laughs) and so ridiculous, because if they're calling F9... Or if they're calling, yeah, uh, Fast and Furious 9, F9, as the official title, but then they retroactively go back and and change the name of the Fast and the Furious (laughs) to F1. God, I would love that. I really hope they do.
1: Wait, do you call it F1 or is it just called F? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's even better, man. I I really hope. Just bring on the chaos.
2: (laughs) I cannot wait for the prequel where they go back to college and it's called FU. (laughs)
1: Brad, I know you had a suggestion for the 10th film, what the 10th film should be called.
2: Oh, yeah. Fasten Your Seatbelts.
1: So fast and then number 10. Your seatbelts. I don't think that's going to happen, but it should. (laughs) Okay. uh, We have one last story for you today, and that is Paul Rubens is considering a new Pee Wee Herman movie. He wants to do a reboot, and he has some filmmakers that are very interesting that he wants – To to helm this reboot. Brad, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, if you've been watching the Pee Wee Herman movies and you thought, man, I wish this was even weirder and darker, we have potentially good news for you. Uh, Paul Rubens apparently wants to make a new Pee Wee movie that is much more odd. uh, And he wants the Uncut Gems directors, the Safdie brothers, to direct it. Apparently this is something that he's wanted to do for a long time, like decades Uh, and Rubens describes it as Valley of the Dolls uh, Pee-Wee Herman movie. So in this movie, apparently Pee-Wee emerges from prison to become an unlikely yodeling star, then moves to Hollywood and becomes a movie star. Then he develops a severe pill and alcohol addiction that turns him into a monster. So that sounds fun. Um, Apparently uh, Paul Rubens pitched this to Judd Apatow, but he didn't want to do it. Uh, and Apatow ended up convincing him to make Pee-wee's Big Holiday, uh, which Apatow was involved in the creative process for. But uh, Netflix doesn't want to do this kind of Pee-wee Herman movie either. And I, I don't know. I can't imagine that most Pee-wee fans out there want to see Pee-wee go in this direction. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not super in tune with the you know the the Pee-wee universe, so I'm not I'm not sure if this is something that they want to see. Pee-wee Herman has always been kind of odd, but a, a, sort of a light hearted. Charming kind of way, uh, but Paul Rubens has always had a little bit of a, a weirder humor uh, sensibility. So uh, I don't know. I just it's um Rubens is pretty confident that he'll get to get to this together. Apparently, a fan in the UK offered to pay ten million dollars of his own money uh, to make part of the movie if Rubens could raise the rest for himself. Wow. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not a big Pee Wee fan, so I don't really have a dog in this fight. But, yeah, I don't – does this sound like something you guys would want to watch?
1: Well, Also, that's his his original HBO special. Have you ever seen that, Brad? I have not. It was, it, it was kind of like, a, I guess, the impetus to the TV show. Um, but it was a lot darker, and uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed that back in the day. And, you know, him hiring even Tim Burton back in the day. Like, Tim Burton was coming out of Disney Animation – he had made, like, things like Vincent and Frankenweenie, the original short film. Like, he was kind of like a weird uh, filmmaker at that time when he got hired to do Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And we got that classic out of it. Um, I know the story sounds kind of WTF, uh, but I really like the Safety brothers. I'm not sure if they're the right people to make a Pee-wee Herman movie. Uh, ben, what do you think?
0: man I, I peewee is sort of a blind spot for me I, I feel like i grew up watching the show on like saturday mornings when i was really really young but not i it was never really my favorite it was just like one of those things that was on in between shows that i loved so i never i never got like hooked into the peewee world in in a way that a lot of other people did i was never super attracted to that level of, of sort of like over-the-top like live-action cartoonish storytelling almost um so I have not really been following this much, but I kind of love the idea of the Safdie brothers teaming up with him to, to do a super dark take. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like, I can understand also like Brad was saying, why people would not want to see this because they're so used to Pee-wee being one way. But at the same time, like part of me, uh, the biggest part of me sort of like respects the ambition and the, the um, creative need that he seems to have to, you know, go against the grain and and do something totally different. And I feel like if you've been a Pee-wee fan for a long time, maybe you're the type of person who's more in on uh, Paul Rubens as a creator instead of Pee-wee Herman, the character. Maybe you're you're more willing to go along with him because of all the stuff that he's given you over the years. Um, that's kind of how I feel, I, I you know, for a lot of filmmakers, when they decide to do something that's totally different. I'm, I'm like, I'm supportive of that because I, 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 understand the, you know, that people fall into grooves and and want to sort of shake things up and and do something different creatively. So, um, maybe this will, they'll, this could very easily be a disaster if it ends up happening, and and you know, it could uh, stain the legacy of Pee Wee Herman as we know him <laughs> today. But, um, at, at the same time, it's like you, you got to respect the guy for for wanting to, you know, uh, take
1: a big swing. I think. Brad, do we know? I I know he wants the Safety brothers to to make this movie. Like, do we know if they're interested?
2: Um, so they're considering the project. Is what the uh, this report said. So not confirmed that they will do it, but it sounds like that they at least have somewhat of an interest.
1: Yeah, when when Paul Rubens comes to you and says, "I want to make, well, I want you to make a Pee Wee Herman movie," you you say, "I'll think about it." You don't say no. Okay. That's, exact, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, anyways, this brings us to the end of today's Slash Home Daily. You can find more of all of our work at Slash homecom You can find any of the stories we talked about on today's podcast right there and linked in the show notes. You can find this podcast, Slash Home Daily, published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at Slash com And... Rate and read this podcast in iTunes, tell your friends, spread the word, and we will see you on Monday.